I'm Chris Ronzio. Welcome to Organize Chaos. Welcome to Organize Chaos. Take a page out of other business leaders' playbooks and get candid advice from Chris Ronzio. People, processes, productivity, and how to organize your life around it all. Scaling from 10 employees to 100 is hard enough without adding a pandemic into the mix. Whether you're still in a hiring pause or ramping up your business back to normal, right now is the perfect time to set the foundation for your future growth. During this session for Trainual's Playbook 2020 event, Chris and today's top people leaders had a candid conversation about building scalable hiring processes, sourcing diverse talent, and planning to grow amid uncertainty. All right, I want to pivot to actually audience questions because we've been getting a ton of them. So, um, so I'm just going to throw these out there and uh, and we'll tackle them one at a time. Let's see. First one is from for Fernando. What can small businesses do to recruit if they can't afford a headhunter? Do you have any tips? The one I would say, hands down is the, I mean, right now is there are so many resources for people who have been laid off and there's, there's spreadsheets of people who are in really great job, like really great positions who have years of experience, who just their company didn't, you know, wasn't able to keep them on, or maybe their company had to shut down entirely, go there first. Um, I, I'm happy to, you know, help the people who are on this, this um, call in general, find those because I, I feel like those spreadsheets were built out by some really incredible people and the people who are within them are incredible and they need your help just as much as you need theirs. So I would say start there. Otherwise, um, I mean, maybe, maybe one of the other ladies has some resources. They, I don't want to. Don Holland. I mean, Nicole, I think that, I mean, I think that's great. I, I honestly don't think no disrespect to any headhunters on the, on the call, but I don't know that you need a headhunter for every role. I think that, um, I mean, LinkedIn is a pretty great place. Asking your network in your community, um, people that have a job, maybe if they're not even interested in the role, but they they know people to get into their networks, right? So I would I would do that. Um, there's a writer I love. Her name is uh, La Viagi. She has um, an app called Love Nation, where every Thursday they uh, post open jobs, right? So people can kind of network and and see what happens there. So there's really creative, interesting ways. I mean, you could even post on next door, depending on the job that you want. You might get some odd ducklings, but you know, you can, you can post it wherever you want. It's just, what is the ratio to noise that you want? Um, and so, um, but yeah, I don't think you need a headhunter for it. Any thoughts from you, Holland? Yeah, no, I, I think kind of echoing most of what was already said. Um, I mean, LinkedIn, yeah, you can kind of be, you can do a lot of uh, low-key stalking and kind of reach <laughs> out and, and people are normally open to conversations and networking. Um, I've kind of even put on a recruiter hat quite often just to, to go ahead and do that. So, Yeah. It's half networking, half recruiting, half stalking, I guess one third, one third, one third. Um, all right. Next question is from Erica. She says, any recommendations on making sure culture is cascaded and followed across all departments, especially for new hires? I would say teaching them about the culture. Like I said, first, you know, in the first day and how we got here and, I make employees, I make our new hires read through Slack channels 
of our business that, you know, read the last three months of this Slack channel because you can just see the chatter and, and write down questions and I'll explain them when we hop back on. Um, but I think it's also a lot of the leadership team, like, you know, we can't as people leaders be on all of these, these team wide calls or these department wide calls. So making sure that your leadership team really understands and, and, you know, in every way, shape or form represents that culture because they're the ones having all of the sub department and department meetings um, and making sure that, that you can trust that that's being handled in all of those meetings. I use the acronym acronym R A R E to make sure your culture is articulated, make sure that it's repeated, and make sure that it's enforced. And enforced is kind of a word that I don't love in HR, but I, I selected it specifically here, which is you have to weed out when it's something a culture is you don't want your culture to be, right? That's where people believe you. We've all worked at places that have like posters that says our culture is something and it's not at all, right? So how you keep it that way is you enforce the culture. Great tip there. Okay. Um, let's see. Next one is what activities does your company do to foster a stronger connection between individuals and teams? Yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of, I mean, we've used donut and different things, obviously to really make connections, right. And encourage people to connect. Um, so at class Fast, we, uh, use a DASI framework. So always, you know, as we approach every project, every kind of uh, project we're doing, we always have like a driver, uh, an approver, contributors, informed, so really encourages collaboration, right? So if you want to, if you're interested in something, if you want to get involved in it, if you want to learn more, um, and so really drawing those connections uh, and kind of a big believer of, you know, if, if you want to be involved in a product, whether it's something that like traditionally falls, you know, within your scope, or you're just you think you have a lot of, um, you can add value with your own thoughts and opinions, then um, strongly encourage that as well. Hmm. Yeah, we do things like like wine time. Um, we used to do wine time. Um, it stopped for one reason or another and we, we're all in different time zones, right? So sometimes wine time is at like, you know, 1 p.m. on a Thursday for the people <laughs> in California. Um, but like people join and people have fun. And I think um, it's, you have to have something like that that's not, about learning the the business and the, the customers and stuff like we do cross-functional you know once a month where people can join other um, teams calls and just kind of listen and and ask questions at the end and that's been really cool to hear other people's you know input on someone from the you know the finance team joining a people ops meeting or something like that but you have to do something that has nothing to do with work where everybody has an opportunity to hop on or some people have an opportunity to hop on from different departments hmm. We even start meetings sometimes with just like a really, I mean, I'm sure many people do this, like a quick icebreaker. And if you don't know what to ask, just Google New York Times, like uh, I think it's like questions to fall in love. That's where we started. But this morning we just asked, it was someone's birthday. So we were like, okay, what's your favorite birthday celebration? And it was really fun to know that some people's birthdays, favorite birthday celebration was champagne, right? Like I would have never known that about somebody. I would have just got cake. So it's great. I love that. Well, shout out to our chief of staff, Chelsea, who's probably listening. It's her birthday today. Uh, all right, let's see. This is for all of you. Any advice on how to approach superiors about investing time and care into culture? Not just saying that's it important that it's important, but taking action. Is that something anyone's had to deal with, or have you been fortunate to have the support of of leadership? I think having um, ha listening to feedback. Um, I think when you're working remotely, you know, like I I mentioned this earlier in the call, but people don't really come to you unless they feel like they have to, you know, or they feel like they really want to express something, you know, it's, it's an, 
it's a little bit more it's a little bit more difficult as an employee to to reach out to the people person and talk to them about something when it's that official you know but but having those conversations hearing their feedback and then if it's feedback that you need to to act on because you don't feel like the culture's aligning or something's missing um you have to have a leadership team who's okay with it and who takes it and who, you know, maybe doesn't agree with all of it, but has a discussion about it. And I'm, I'm fortunate to have a leadership team that's like that, but I think, you know, that should be part of the interview process if you're hiring any leaders is like, what is, you know, how do you handle feedback when it's negative and how do you fix it? Yeah. Okay. Everyone's agreed. All right. Last, uh, I think we might have time for two more. This one, uh, what guides and resources do you use for salary ranges? So maybe a quick question, if there's any resources, any of you know. So we're bigger. We use Radford Compensia. When I was smaller, I would use um, Glassdoor and Comparably. And quite frankly, my own people network, ask around. Yeah. Same. We've kind of done a, a couple of different ones in the past. I actually think the other thing that's most important is just taking the feedback we're getting in the recruiting process and using that to actually inform so much of what we're doing, right? Because so much of that data is essentially outdated the moment you get it. So how do you make sure you're always iterating um, and adjusting that as well? Yeah, the interview process is our number one. Like you could start with one budget for a role, but if you learn during the interview process that you actually need a higher level or somebody with different skills, that budget might not be the same, likely won't be the same. Great feedback. And, and it's a good practical tip to just get the interviewers to tell you. So last question for all of you. Um, I'm, I'm, I forget which one of you said this, but someone said that the, I think it was you, Don, that the people strategy follows the business strategy. Is that you? Okay. I'm remembering right. So the, the, the question I'd love to leave everyone with is if, if there was one thing that this group of businesses could focus on that might have 10 people or a few dozen people and, and they want to scale, there's one thing that they need to prepare for on the people side of the business. Where should they be thinking or investing time? Build resilience into your organization. Build a resilient organization. You will build a resilient culture. It'll be a lot of change. Cool. <laughs> and I think me and you keep looking at each other. <laughs> like, you want to go first? I would say... Um, your people are your most valuable asset. You need, like they are going to get you from point A to point Z and there's gonna be a lot of hiccups and bumps along the way, but put them first. And don't hire, don't overhire, don't hire too fast. Um, make sure that you have the right number of people in the right seats and then take care of them. Yeah, I kind of agree with both of those. So I think the piece that maybe I'll add, and maybe it's a little bit not 100% the exact question you asked, but I think there's a piece, I think Damon actually might have been touching on this when I caught the tail end of, of what he was saying, plan for the things that are going to break, right, and actually going to cause such big problems, right? If those things are, you know, like if there's a particular role, or if you're going to move really quick in, in one department, and then therefore everything else is going to break and kind of uh, create a, a really terrible customer experience, then figure out how to make sure you're thinking through through that aspect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much to all three of you for being here, for sharing such great tips for everyone as they're thinking about growing their organization. Um, I, I really appreciate all the advice and feedback that you had. So thank you again for being here. Of course. Thanks for having us. Have a great day, everyone.
Hey, thanks for listening to Organize Chaos. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review or share it with anyone in your network that you think could use this information. If you wanna connect with me personally, please text me 480-531-8411 or connect with me anywhere on social at Chris Ronzio. Or you can connect with Trainual at Trainual, just like a training manual. See you next time.